Hey, welcome again to GP Core Content. In this episode, we're going to be talking about optic neuritis. Uh, so I guess in context, optic neuritis uh, comprises a pretty small section in the 6th edition of Murtaugh's chapter 77. Um, it's kind of got half a column. Um, but in my opinion on KFPs, I guess, is that it's all fair game. Uh, and something that probably hasn't been discussed that much otherwise, so it's a good chance to go over it. So I guess in background of optic neuritis, it's basically inflammation of the optic nerve. Uh, it can be from any cause, and there's a lot of different causes for it, which we'll go through soon. But it's sometimes slash most often used to refer to acute demyelinating optic neuritis, which is that optic type of optic neuritis that's associated with MS, uh, which we'll call ADON. And often the ADON is a first presentation of MS, which is something we'll get through there. So in the case, you've got Sally. She's a 25-year-old Caucasian woman who presents with loss of vision over a few days in one eye, associated with eye discomfort, um, which is only there on movement of the eye. She's had changes in her central vision and has difficulty focusing directly on objects and she describes having reduced colour perception. She says she has flashes in the eye and eye movements as well. She has no previous medical history. So what would be your first initial diagnosis based on that presentation? So that's a fairly classic setup for um, ADON, acute demyelinating optic neuritis, uh, and it's likely this presentation is a first presentation of MS. So what are the features on history of optic neuritis? So optic neuritis is classically described as a triad of visual impairment, pain around the eye, which is retrobulbar or ocular, and that pain is typically worse than eye movement, an impairment of colour vision, which is called dyschromatopsia. Other features of history of optic neuritis are that it's most likely going to present in a woman 20 to 40. Um, the loss of vision we talked about there is in one eye, uh, and may present as a visual deterioration during exercise or elevated temperature. The retroocular discomfort with eye movements is part of your classic triad. This occurs in about 90% of patients. The pain is of varying intensity but doesn't usually interfere with sleep. Uh, this pain can proceed on set of visual symptoms. Other key features of history include central field loss, which we talked about above, reduced colour vision and light flashes, which may occur with eye movement. A lot of those features are in the stem of this case. So what are the features of history in paediatric optic neuritis that differ from optic neuritis in adults? So the key features of history in kids will be that the optic neuritis is more often bilateral, you get more optic disc swelling, it can often be misdiagnosed as papilloedema, uh, and it's more commonly preceded in kids with viral infection that was still associated with MS. What are the causes of optic neuritis? 
So some of the causes are MS. So there's a big causal slash association between optic neuritis and MS, um, with MS being that particular type of optic neuritis called acute demyelinating optic neuritis, or ADON. The likelihood of developing MS after a single episode of optic neuritis is about 60%. This can be reduced somewhat with the treatments, um, so there's high-dose IV corticosteroids, but the likelihood of developing MS after a single episode of optic neuritis is still quite high. I think it gets reduced to like 50%. Other causes of optic neuritis include your ischemic optic neuropathies, giant cell arteritis, which we talked about before, posterior and posterior optic, anterior and posterior optic neuropathy, diabetic papillopathy, which we've talked about, and corticosteroid-responsive optic neuritis. Um, so we talked about that previously in a podcast is um, the effects of steroids on the eye. Other causes include autoimmune diseases like sarcoid lupus, baches, inflammatory causes like post-infection, post-vaccination, infections like TB, syphilis, mycoplasma, Lyme disease, cryptococcus, Q fever. Other viral infections which have been known to cause optic neuritis include measles, mumps, rubella, herpes, zoster, and mono. Nutritional causes of optic neuritis include vitamin B12 deficiency. And drugs and toxins that can cause optic neuritis include amiodarone, ethambutol, isoniazid, methanol, So what's I've done that one. So what are the differentials of unilateral vision loss? What are some other diseases that can cause unilateral vision loss? So some other causes of unilateral vision loss include retinal detachment, retinal artery occlusion, retinal vein thrombosis, temporal arteritis, optic neuritis, and migraine. Uh, we've talked about most of those within. Uh, this podcast ophthalmology series. So what are the key features of examination in optic neuritis? Some of the key features will be that visual acuity is reduced. It can vary from mild to having absolutely no perception of light. The visual fields are affected with the central field lost, uh, which you call a scotoma, and there can be a couple of different types of scotoma. In terms of the pupils, you'll see a relative afferent pupillary defect on the affected side, but if you have a bilateral optic neuritis, you might not see this uh, RAPD occur at all. In terms of fundoscopy in optic neuritis, you'll see that the optic disc is swollen. You might see optic nerve atrophy, and you might see disc pallor. And the disc pallor uh, occurs about four to six weeks later after the optic disc being swollen. Macula will be normal, the peripheral retina will be normal, and you might see papillitis in one-third of patients, uh, which is the same as your optic disc being swollen, isn't it? So what are the key investigations in optic neuritis? Uh, so there aren't many. You don't really rely on investigations for the diagnosis. It's more normally made clinically and based on history. Um, but if you were to do imaging, you would think about MRI of the orbits and brain. So the MRI can give you 
information about the likelihood of developing MS and if it's normal you can have a low risk of having complications. Uh, you can also do that to look at the um, optic nerve itself. You can use uh, OCT for similar things as a surrogate marker of axonal protection in the optic nerve. And if you're looking for those um, infective causes, you might want to consider chest x-ray if you're suspecting sarcoidosis, TB or malignancy. Noting we didn't actually just talk about malignancy as a cause of optic neuritis, so I'm not sure about that one. For bloods, you want to consider bloods if you've got an atypical presentation. Uh, and by atypical presentation, we really mean a presentation that doesn't fit pretty much exactly into that um, kind of case we talked about above. Blood tests you want to consider would include looking for those other causes of optic neuritis and think about things like, um, you know, your normal um, baseline serology, ESR, CRP, ANA if you're suspecting autoimmune, vitamin B12 if you're suspecting a nutritional component, or serology for any of your infective causes like syphilis, Lyme, Bartonella. Uh, also, you might want to consider lumbar puncture if you're suspecting a CNS infection, suspecting corticosteroid responsive optic neuropathy, um, or if you're assessing the risk for multiple sclerosis. And the way you look for in the CSF for risk of multiple sclerosis is to look for the presence of things like myelin basic protein oligoclonal bands and an elevated IgG index. So what's the management of optic neuritis? So I guess in terms of the starting with the natural history of optic neuritis, most people recover spontaneously um, within a couple of weeks, but they're left with a diminished visual acuity. 90% will re regain vision of uh, 12 on 6 or better. You can use high-dose IV corticosteroids, which do act to hasten the visual recovery for by about two weeks, but there's no difference in long-term outcomes, so no difference in the end VA or visual fields. So high-dose IV corticosteroids don't change the end outcome, they just hasten the return. Although they can potentially shield from um, ongoing to develop MS if you've got that ADON presentation to your optic neuritis. So the amount that you give is methylprednisone IV, one gram a day. You want to follow this by a two to three week prednisone taper. So one gram a day, that's 1,000 milligrams of methylprednisone a day. Um, newer treatment includes using interferon beta-1b I'm not sure about that. That's just kind of put in there. That's probably low yield. Uh, if your optic neuritis treated, is caused by any other cause, so any of those infective or post-infective causes, you can look at treating those causes of optic neuritis. But overall, you, I guess you want to counsel and reassure your patients that most people with optic neuritis will recover spontaneously and that the treatments don't make that much difference in the short-term outcome. So what are the complications of having optic neuritis? Uh, so I guess we've talked about, already, about that already in that most patients do recover their vision to 12 and 6 or better. Uh, and then most people will do that spontaneously without any intervention. 
but you can have complications of optic nerve atrophy, poor visual recovery, so that, that VA not being back to normal. Um, you can go in to get optic neuritis in the other eye, and the risk of that happening is higher. And this may, in fact, be a first presentation of MS. Cool. So in terms of other FOMED resources as well, um, so I've pretty much sourced this from a whole bunch of studies on PubMed and the reputable textbooks, combined them all and turned them into, checked them all and turned them into KFP questions and answers. Um, and they're available on demand. Uh, also looks up, up some FOMED resources. So good ones that I found were a podcast uh, from a group called CME. I've got a podcast called A Primer on Optic Neuritis. Um, this is from 2001, so maybe there are things in there that have changed, but most of it seemed pretty reliable. Uh, had a good discussion on treatment modalities and what to tell the patient in different circumstances. Uh, and on YouTube, there was a recent, um, one year ago, uh, video from TEDx at Michigan uh, called Seeking a Treatment for Optic Neuritis um, on one of the TEDx talk channels. And that was mainly kind of an inspirational kind of deal, um, but had a little bit on... Um, treatments and the studies that went behind all the treatment modalities and what you get in terms of the outcomes. Cool, that's it. Thanks for listening. Uh, usual disclaimers apply. Don't use this for your medical education. Don't use it as um, medical advice. All this work, all this case, the case is original, the questions are original, and the answer keys are original, um, and sourced from my own knowledge of the presentation and the way that... Um, big exams are created from the public exam report. Cool. Once again, thanks for listening and see you soon.